0: Hello to all of you out there. I am Ulrike Seminati, host of the podcast, Empowering Female Leaders for Women Who Want to Thrive. Every week you will get new perspectives, exciting insights and empowering messages of women from all over the globe. Welcome to another episode of my podcast.
1: I am pleased to welcome today Sophie McLean. Sophie is a wisdom teacher who has spent decades leading transformational seminars to over 80,000 people around the world. She has been a helicopter pilot, a designer, a relief worker, a war refugee, and a CEO. She's been shot at, shipwrecked, and widowed. She's lived on a farm, a boat, a penthouse, and an ashram. She has two master's degrees in philosophy. She worked for the United Nations. She has written a book. She's currently writing a second and third book. And five years ago, she started her own company called Access to Awareness. So Peter, you want to add a few words about yourself? I'm very pleased to have you here today. (laughs) I'm so
2: pleased to be here. No, I'm not going to add anything because, you know, when somebody speaks about your life, it sounds so good, but it's because it's written down in that way. That's 60 years in five sentences, but it covered enough, I think. (laughs) You're a wisdom teacher and you're coming
1: a lot from the angle that we have to work with our ego to overcome our own obstacles. So before we start to speak about how to overcome these obstacles, it's more about what is that famous ego? Many people think the ego is
2: who they are. You know, this is the best question to ask because in our society, we have created the ego as being arrogant, being a jerk, being forceful. So when somebody says, oh, what a big ego. It's really not flattering, but that has nothing to do with the ego. This is actually part of the ego. It's called a destructive mechanism. When somebody misbehaves and is aggressive or arrogant, that's called a destructive mechanism. And there is another side to the ego. So, what is the ego? The ego is anything that you identify with. Other than who you really are. So let me just give an example. Identifying with somebody, with something, that means that you think you are that thing outside of you. That's an identification. So you can identify with your job title, with being married, with being single, with your bank account, with your car, your home, your house, being a mother, being a father, being a woman, being a man. You can identify with your religion and nationality, with about anything you can put your hand on. And none of those are who you are. So if you identify with being nice, being strong, with your character, your identity, that's not who you are. So you then put yourself into a trap. And that trap is limited. It's frustrating. You can never get fulfilled when you live inside of an illusion. It's not possible. And and people put a lot of effort trying to fix and change themselves and others and the world and the system we have created when the whole of it is based on an illusion, So if you start with an illusion, you end up with an absurdity. And the world we have with a systemic crisis, a violence, a cruelty, is exactly a reflection of a species that is stuck in the ego. Now, the ego also has allowed us the most extraordinary progress we have done so much as far as technology is concerned, medicine, education, you know, we put a man on the moon, it really is absolutely extraordinary how inventive and creative the human being can be. But there are those two sides and the ego, even if there is a side of the ego that has you be curious and push yourself and take risk. The other destructive side kind of compensates for it and it just doesn't work. I believe, and I'm going to say something a bit bold, but I believe we're living through the most exciting time of the history of mankind, humankind. And I know about the systemic crisis, the climate crisis, the economic crisis, the social. I know about all of that. But how I see what is happening is that... The reign of the ego, the homo sapiens, relying on the five senses to survive the external world, is coming to an end. And we are shifting into what uh, David Hawkins called homo spiritus. And homo spiritus is the five senses plus the connection to the uh, divine or to your soul or to your essence, calling whatever you want. But where you can co-create with the universe, have access to intuition, guidance, so it is really the next level in our evolution. And to be alive for that shift is painful and very exciting. And many people, are, like you say, start
1: working on themselves, become aware that they can handle what is happening inside of them in a different way, that they can be a bit more, not the master of their thoughts, but at least creating a certain consciousness about it. And these thoughts are coming from our ego. The ego is protecting us. It helps us to survive. And this is why it is often also very pushy. My ego, for example, is a total control freak. It's a perfectionist and it doesn't want to take risks. Whereas <laughs> My, like, how yeah. say, if you want to call it the soul or this more yeah. essence, is, is something that is much more lighthearted. There's much more freedom. There's much more spontaneity and all of that. And I feel how this ego wants to keep me into a certain box because it's safe in there somehow. And yeah? Yeah. Yeah. the box of our behaviors and what we usually do with the comfort zone and all of that plays a role yeah. in that. But It's limiting. So it is limiting us in our own capacities. And first of all, also, I think in the belief that what we are actually capable of, because we are put into the safe box, in the safe box, we are not capable of what we are really capable of, because there's this greatness somewhere out there, (laughs) we wonder how can we get there? How can we achieve that? And I think it is an interesting approach, and for some who listen to this episode, more of a philosophical discussion, like, wow, okay, there are two dimensions. I didn't know that.
2: They are three. There is the, the dimension of the divine. You can call it love, light, God. You can call it whatever you want, but it's a total mystery, right? You can't actually talk about it because the, the words are too limited. And I believe also the relationship to what I call the divine is a total mystery, requires total acceptance of not knowing, not understanding, and it's very personal, but it's a source of, you know, we don't know where we come from. We don't know where we're going. We don't know anything. So. Then there is what I call the quantum dimension. The quantum dimension is where the soul, the essence, the being of lights, it's like a spiritual academy. I imagine it like that. And this is who you really are is your soul. You know, there is a French mystic called Pierre Teilhard de Chardin who said, um, you're not a human being having a spiritual experience. You're a spiritual being having a human experience. You are a human and you are your soul. And, you know, 80% of the world population believe that we have a soul and nobody talks about it because it's like a bit woo-woo. But no, it's not. You can actually quite easily have an experience of your soul, right? And then you have a human and that's a material dimension. And the human in distance, time and form, you need an ego, to operate in the material world, but it's a very big difference between a conscious ego and an automatic ego. An automatic ego, you're a sleepwalker. That if you're a know, sleepwalker, they're neither sleeping nor awake, right? They're in between. They're in the illusion, but they apparently can function. And if you see the world we have, you can see that most of the population is sleepwalking. They, they're absolutely unaware of what they could be aware of, and then think that Earth and being on Earth is a school where you practice waking up. You know, the moment you wake up, when you see your automatic ego, you see the cage you were stuck in, you see the illusion you believe was reality, at that moment you awaken. So I'm not talking about enlightened. Enlightened are people that can bring the divine on earth. I'm not there, for sure. I do not have that gift yet, but awakening is so delicious already because when you awaken, when you see the trap you were in, which is actually quite simple to see, it's like the sun came out after the storm. The, you, the whole of life is bright and colorful and When you have a problem, it's not a problem, if you see what I mean. There are circumstances of life. There are tough things and all that, but you take it in your stride because you don't make it mean anything. It's like the school. Okay. So that's the advantage of educating oneself on what really is the ego so that you recapture that power to create your life. You said Mm -hmm. before we can have an experience with our soul. Mm -hmm. How does that work? Oh, it's it's actually very simple. I always do that with my students and they are blown away. But all you need to do is go somewhere where you by yourself, okay? Or do it with a friend that will do the exercise with you. And close your eyes and look at your life from the moment you were born until now. And you really have to look at all your life all everything that happened to you. The school, the fights, the joy, the, the success. There's a failure, the divorce, the marriage, the children, the work. You know, you've got to the dramas. If you had accident tragedies, you, you want to let it come like a full speed film in front of your eyes. And then you see it is so noisy. You coped oh, with so many things, right? So you, you've got to do that. And you have an experience going, whoa, I'm actually doing quite great. Right? Because this is like a very full moon. Then when you get that experience, keep your eyes closed and let yourself experience behind the noise, behind this busyness, there is a present, an essence. And that has never those were altered since the moment you were born. And you might be 20, 30, 50, or 75. It's the same presence. Never changes. Never alters. That's who you really are. That's why you hear women that are, like I'm 62, right? I'm looking at my body and I'm going, whoa, whoa. what's happening here? My body doesn't fit what I, my experience of myself. I still feel like I'm 40. But that's right, because who I really am never changes. It's only my body that changes. So you see, if I identify with my body and suffer, because my body is going down the drain, whatever I do, it's going down. (laughs) (laughs) But as I am not my body, and I know who I really am, I can take on getting older with no stress. You see? Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, because we get into another level of connection with ourselves, which is a stable one. I'm doing these things, uh, not exactly like you did. You'll, I will try that out. It's very interesting. For me, it's more of a vague feeling of this stable element inside of myself, which is there. And sometimes I just try to listen to it in which mood it is. And I realize it's never really in a mood because no. even if I am feeling like anxious, guilty, worried because of something. It's my ego. But if I really look deeper... There's something that is just relaxed, saying, no problem, take it easy. And that's interesting. Is it always this kind of peaceful, stable inner power?
2: The word essence is very good. It's perfume, right? And it's not separate because if you imagine a perfume and, and you put another perfume, they probably mix a bit and all that, right? But, so you're not separate, but there is an individuality. And uh, with my students, they get such an extraordinary experience of their soul. They are able to put a word to it uh, to capture that essence. So, for example, mine is innocence, that innocence of purity. That is the closest word that will describe my essence, you know, the innocence of a child. You ask a child, what do you want when you grow up? I want everybody to have a toy, to have enough to eat, and to have a roof over their head. Okay, that's me. <laughs> I'm 62 years old, but I'm 62 years I want everybody to love everybody else, right? But my human, what you call my ego, but I call it my human because my human took on the protection to be a superwoman, right? You read my biographies like helicopter pilot. I should did sell the the South Pacific, led 200,000 people, you know, I mean, went with shaman in the Amazon forest. I mean, I, you name it, I did it. So people relate to me as my human, which is like kind of superwoman, but this is absolutely not who I am. So now I'm able to show myself much more, but. The people that really know me know that they have to hold my hand to cross the street because the material world is a little bit difficult for me to cope with, except if I go to my cage of superwoman, then I can do it, but but I suffer greatly because I am in a jail. So you want to get out of your human and let yourself experience the The intensity, the infinity, the beauty, the exquisiteness of the song, And I have never met one that was not bringing tears to my eyes. I think it's one of these super spiritual experiences which
1: you will never forget. Let's assume we had that experience already. What does it change in your life afterwards? How do you live then with yourself afterwards? Do you
2: change your decisions, your way of living? What is happening? So the first thing is you don't get an easier life, right? So if people think that the spiritual road would make everything easy, you've got to just wake up here because not at all, it makes it not more difficult, but it definitely doesn't make it easier. So because the first thing that I can talk only about my experience, right? But the first thing is that you're at the theater, most of the time, I'm watching people going through life. I'm watching what's happening in the world, and <laughs> I experience watching a play. Once you get that experience of who you really are, there is only one yearning is to support people to get it too. you 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 cannot stay with that with just watching and not caring. When you see so much suffering, that is absolutely not necessary. I mean, the first thing you learn is that suffering is optional. So you keep having ego attacks, what I call ego attacks. That means you go back in the cage. But here's the difference. You can get out of it so fast. You know, it takes me now a few seconds. With my students, after one or two years of practicing, They recognize when they're trapped in their ego in a few minutes. So a maximum a few hours. And then you organize your life so that you have people around you that know exactly what the ego is. And then when you're stuck back in the cage, you call. You call. You say, I'm stuck. And another person in a few minutes can just point out, look there, look there, and you're free again. See, so you organize a life of support, altruism, generosity, authenticity. You don't have anything to prove. You're not frightened of what people will think of you. And the only essential thing you have to do is make sure that in your inner circle, you have people that understand and speak this language that you and I are speaking, Reiki, right? So I have some people in my life that, if I spoke to them, like I'm speaking to you now, they will look at me saying, there go, Sophie, What? she's really crazy eh? because they don't know. They, they don't know. They're not interested. They're really, really trapped. So I, you know, go swimming with them or I go walking with them. I don't have this kind of conversation. But then on the other hand, I have a whole community that at any time I can call on, if ever, I can't get myself out of the trap by myself. The discussion that we have is pretty particular and I hope that our audience is following us
1: So the first time that we get into topics where it's more spiritual. And because this whole self-development topic is very spiritual. I mean, there's no
2: technique,
1: it's not mathematical. It's not like, yes, you can train your brain like a muscle for different habits, for sure, but Behind that, there is something that is more spiritual and the coach that I have with coaching me, because I also need from time to time a coach, <laughs> he always tells me, you have to laugh at your ego. Just do not take it so serious. And that is the difference. What I realize is that when I connect more to my essence, I really can feel that how this ego somehow just steps back or is absent or sleeping. I don't know what it's doing in that (laughs) room. (laughs) Creates, like you just said before, much more authenticity. Mm -hmm. And so I'm feeling authentic then. And I do not have any thoughts about comparing myself to other people, watching myself being judgmental to others, Mm -hmm. all of these things that we do so often in our lives. And I think social media, for example, reinforce this comparison with others, this judging yourself and others. And this is so unhealthy and Mm -hmm. connecting to that essence, there is no judging. And that is so light about it and so great about it. And I guess, I would like you to comment on that. You said it's about becoming then the originator of your authentic power. I think this is what you can get out of that, coming back to the question, what does it bring to you if you can connect to that as instead of being just led by your
2: ego through your life? I think it's about power. So I, I really loved what you said. What changes when you remember who you really are is that your priority changes So, as you said, comparing yourself to others, making it, dominating, using manipulation to accomplish results in distance, time, and form all that seems like, oh. I mean, you know, I'm a luxury girl myself. I have no problem with living well or whatever. It's not what at all. I'm not advocating being mystic, poor, and living in a hut. That's not what I'm saying. But it's not your priority. Somehow abundance arises without you having your attention on it. So the ego is designed to survive you do not need to survive a butterfly. It is not dangerous. You can look at the color of the wing, at the beautiful movement of his flight. You will be present and you will not react. Now, if I remove the butterfly and I put a rhinoceros, you will, but in a second, get into survival mode. You'll either attack, which I don't recommend, run away, free. I mean, do something trying to survive, right? So the ego is very, very tiring. You are in a state of danger. constantly. And people say to me, no, I'm not surviving. Well, why are you frightened to speak in public then? If it's not that the people that are human... Are more scary than you can take. Why are you upset when somebody walks on your toes or something? You know, because you don't want to occur weak, right? So that's the ego. And Eureka, what is really important for people to know is that it's not an effort to give up it's survival. So once you let go of this noise, judgment, opinions, evaluation, making it, surviving, you are left in a space. And so imagine a lot of space, and it's empty. There is no opinions in it. There is no thoughts. There is no doubts. There is no fear. It's like empty, like you are in this big, empty space called your soul, right? Your, your love, or you call it what you want. Now, in that quietness, nothingness, you can listen for what wants to happen. See, because the universe never makes mistakes and it's got an intention for all of us so much nicer than we can even dream of. And we have access to the power of the universe if we get rid of the noise. So when you can connect to that power, it's what I call being a co-creator with the universe. You need to go with the universe in the direction the universe is going. And, And how it feels is that you encounter some doors as you go through your life, and one door is closed. Now, before, when the door was closed, I would take a hammer and I would break it down, which was absolutely exhausting. But now, I encounter a door that is closed, I look for another door. And if this one also is closed, I will look for another one until I find the door that is open and my life is filled with ease and grace it doesn't mean that i have result in about three seconds but (laughs) there is no more force and that is what is available when you create yourself as a homo spiritus is that you're not alone you literally have guidance and uh, i'll tell you a miracle that happened to me just last week right so my business is in the United States and there is three banks that collapsed in the United States. when bankrupt. One of them was my business bank. But five days before it happened, I moved my account to another bank. I have no idea why. I've been in that bank for six years. Five days, right? This is what is available. I, I don't understand it. I don't question it. I don't try to comprehend it, but it is an exquisite way to be human, to be in that world where you have this support that you don't understand. You don't know where you come from. You don't know where you're going. You land on the planet Earth. You forget who you really are. You have absolutely no certainty, no control. You spend most of your life trying to get control, trying to get certainty until you realize, Oh, if I let go of all of that and I accept all of it, then I'll be free. Welcome to the game of being human.
1: (laughs) And welcome also to the game of reaching your goals finally. And this sounds very uh, contradictory, I think, to many people who are more rational, but I can just agree with what you said. I wanted to make my business work and I had these big goals and I was doing everything where you can read and learn from others. And it worked actually for me. When I just was... Making it much easier, not pushing myself into a daily routine of, I have to meditate like that and I have to do the affirmation like this. And because all of that is your ego, all of this is ego-driven things. And I realized then afterwards that the letting go, actually, that is the area
2: of <laughs> the, the spiritual road is all about letting go, right? It's all about letting go. There is no other... Way than letting go, and you know, Ulrika. One of the signs that you are aligned with who you really are is that you are well. You have no force in your life. Human beings are designed to be in bliss. Now, why do I say that? Right? You know, when we are happy, in love, and we love life, we look so beautiful, whatever our age. Our body's good. We sleep well. We don't overeat. We can love. We can be generous. We are kind with others. Right? When we are unhappy, anxious, worried, we don't sleep, we eat too much, we look terrible, we are grumpy, you can even make yourself sick, your body doesn't function. So it is logical to say, okay, when I feel well, healthy, and happy, Then I'm aligned with my soul. Trust yourself. You know, I was listening to one of your podcasts where you were speaking about confidence, Mm -hmm. self-confidence. Listen, when you are happy, enjoy, you are aligned. When you're not, look for what you need to give up to go back to the state where you are well. I think this is a great advice, which... We should just do much more often
1: because all these negative thoughts that we have are coming from this ego because it wants us to survive. I sometimes compare it to a bodyguard. It's watching out permanently for danger. What you said earlier on, it's about fear of being rejected. When you speak up in a group and you don't speak up because of that reason, actually it's fear of failure because you don't want to speak in public, whatever. I mean, there's so many things we don't do because our ego wants to protect us like a bodyguard and keeping us safe. And realizing, hey, just let go. How can people experience you? I know that you have a free offer. Do you want to share it? Once
2: a month, I lead a coaching call. I make myself available for an hour, an hour and a half. Whoever wants to come can come and ask whatever question. And we have a conversation like I had with you. I also do a weekly live on Facebook and then my website I have tried to make it really easy and to answer all the questions. So it's my name, sophiemcclain.com. And there you can go to courses, you can go to my book, you can go to my free offering, you can read my CV. I've put as much as I could so that people know what I offer. I want to thank you for uh, this conversation. I know especially in Europe, it's not very usual to have this kind of conversation, but I've enjoyed it thoroughly and I could see that you were writing with me. And I really thank you for your listening.
1: I thank you very much, Sophie. It was a pleasure. And for me, a lot of deeper insights as well and a very interesting discussion.
0: Thanks. This was another episode of Empowering Female Leaders. What are the questions and topics in female leadership that you are interested in? Let me know in the comments on YouTube and Instagram or join our LinkedIn group. I'm excited to hear from you. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe for new talks with inspiring women from all around the globe. Thank you for listening.